It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 265, Quantum podcast that looks at news and views from throughout the world. Uh, we're glad that you're able to join us. We're going to start with uh, this sensation. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away It's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh it is Living in the new world With an old soul These rich men north the rich men That is Oliver Anthony, and if you don't know who Oliver Anthony is, well, yes, you you need to learn. It's an extraordinary story. Um, he is the number one song in the U.S. at the moment. That song is the number one song in the U.S. at the moment. He's a guy who lives in Farmville, Virginia, with his three dogs and a plot of land he plans on turning into a small farm to raise livestock. He describes himself as some idiot with a guitar. But his debut song is right there. Um, he's become, uh, as one report says, the poster boy for millions of disaffected Americans. You know, you hear the lines of the songs, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for beep pay, so I can sit here and waste my life away, drive back home and drown my troubles away. The song is entitled The Rich Men north of Richmond, and it uh, was only released on August the 11th. It's only three minutes long. It only has his voice and a guitar, but wow. <laughs> the, the rich men north of Richmond are, of course, the politicians working in Washington, D.C. Um, these rich men, Lord knows, they just want to all have total control, want to know what you think, want to know what you do, and they don't think you know, but I know that you do, and so on. Now, it's drawn 17.5 million streams, sold 147,000 downloads without being promoted to radio. And I actually think it's a significant cultural moment as well. Oliver Anthony, or as his legal name, Christopher Anthony Lunsford, uh, it describes himself as a high school dropout and former paper mill factory worker who... He says, there's nothing special about me. I'm not a good musician. I'm not a very good person. I've spent the last five years struggling with mental health and using alcohol 
to drown it. I'm sad to see the world in the state it's in with everyone fighting with each other. I've spent many nights feeling hopeless that the greatest country on earth is quickly fading away. Um, I, I, I love what he says on, on this past Friday. He wrote, I'm sitting in such a weird place in my life right now. I never wanted to be a full-time musician, much less sit at the top of the iTunes charts. It's just strange to me. People in the music industry give me blank stares when I brush off $8 million offers. I don't want six tour buses, 15 tractor trailers and a jet. I don't want to play stadium shows. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I wrote the music I wrote because I was suffering with mental health and depression. That's extraordinary. Extraordinary and uh, and very moving. Now, Billy Bragg, the singer-songwriter, he says, well, you know, I... I want to channel Woody Guthrie and, you know, I hear your pain and so on. And he's written a version of it saying, if you're selling your soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, well, nothing's going to change all if if all you do is wish you could wake up and it not be true. Join a union, fight for better pay. You better join a union, brother, organized today. Bragg has no idea how pompous he is and how pathetic that is. Not that I've got anything against unions. But that's not the solution to our problems. That's not how we get things fixed. I want to suggest to you that what we're trying to do on this podcast is try and give a voice to the voiceless and especially to try and point people to the one who really hears. So, amazing. Just an amazing story. Right, we're going to go to this country. Do you recognize the national anthem? Or maybe I can give you another clue. This would be this country's most famous band. Mamma mia, here I go again. My, my, how can I resist you? Mamma mia, does it show again? My, my, just how much I missed you. Yes, i broken hearted. Loose is the day we parted. Why, why did I ever let you go? of course ABBA, Mamma Mia, uh, the Swedish anthem, one of whose lines is I want to die in the north. Now we're looking at Sweden today, I've always been intending to look at Sweden anyway but I got a lovely email from Tim who's in Sweden and thank you for the information that you sent which I'm going to use a little bit later on but I thought we would just look at some Swedish things uh, it is 447,000 square kilometres, and I always compare with Scotland, which is 80,000 square kilometres. So that gives you some indication of its size. Ten and a half million people, capital, of course, Stockholm. I wonder what you know about Sweden. Famous Swedes, um, Ikea. Well, that's a store. Alfred Nobel of the Nobel Peace Prize, Greta Garbo, Bjorn Borg. One of the greatest footballers ever, Zitan Ibrahimovic, or Zlatan Ibrahimovic. 
uh, Greta Thunberg, the kind of child prophetess for the Green Movement. And I think, you know, my favourite of all is Raoul Wallenberg, a Swedish architect, businessman and diplomat, who was a special envoy to Hungary during the Second World War and saved tens of thousands of Jews by offering them Swedish nationality and protection in Swedish buildings. He was taken by Soviet agents in January 1945 and died in Soviet custody. Now, I'm fascinated by Sweden. I studied Scandinavian history a bit at uh, the University of Edinburgh. Uh, There are so many amazing... uh, It's a country I've visited several times. In, In the middle of the 17th century, Sweden was the third largest country in Europe after Russia and Spain and had a significant empire. And, of course, there's been a resurgence in Swedish history because of this. I believe there's a way to go west. We also want to know where we'll be raiding this summer. We will raid east again. But there is an alternative. If you choose. What if Ragnar is right? There are no lands to the west. I have something that will change everything. That's the show Vikings. Well, it and similar shows, lots of people are into the Vikings. Some news from Sweden. Now, Sweden is generally perceived as a very successful social democratic, liberal progressive society which has turned away from Christianity. Indeed, in debates, I've often cited Sweden as an example of an atheist society. Well, that's not true. Until 2000... Sweden had a state national church. There are a significant number of of atheists within Sweden, but Sweden was founded on a Christian tradition. And ironically, as it's turned away from that tradition, it has become increasingly unsafe and violent. I remember being in Sweden and people leaving their doors open. Now there are parts of cities of Sweden where women are advised not to go. And some of that is with the assimilation of people who don't share Swedish values. And that does include Islam. The United Islamic Societies have nearly doubled from less than 15,000 members in 2017 to 30,000 members in 2021. Um, Another Sunni Muslim community called the Islamic Cultural Union has grown from 10,000 members to 18,500 during the same period of time. And the Shia communities have grown to 37,000 members. One of the items in the Swedish news is a man called Sawon Momika, who's an Iraqi refugee who has been behind a spate of recent Quran burnings that has sparked diplomatic conflict and caused Sweden to raise its terror threat level. Uh, He himself was attacked this past week. Well, Sweden is facing extremely interesting times. We'll come back to Sweden again uh, in a moment. I think they did quite well. Yes, they did. They came third in the Women's World Cup. This is a different kind of Swedish music than than ABBA. Just have a a, a wee listen to this. In this fight of iron, we 
Amion Amrath, The Way of the Vikings. Um, they're a pretty big metal band. Uh, I remember going to a wedding in Sweden and meeting the lead singer called Pilgrim of a band called, I think I think they were called Crimson Tide. And uh, it was fascinating. He was lead singer in a death metal band and yet was also training to be a reformed Episcopal priest, the only one in Sweden. Uh, he was a lovely guy, actually, and a fine Christian. So interesting. This is how we battle. It's the way of the young Alright, a little bit of follow-up from the uh, past couple of weeks. The the climate change thing, we don't have much to say about it this time, except interesting tweet from Andrew Neil. So much for all these highly paid green jobs are coming. China is now the dominant player in global wind power generation, supplying nearly 60% of installed capacity worldwide in 2022 and has a commanding share in the solar panel market. Uh, yeah, it's, that's just, again, I just find all that interesting. You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. It is 22 minutes after three o'clock and uh, the build-up to the BRIC summit in full swing. Around 40 heads of states, that's 40 heads of states, 4-0 Heads of states, including uh, the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, um, are expected to attend. Sophie Mukwena, SABC International News Editor, now joining us on the line. Ms. Sophie, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making... Some world news. You know what BRICS is. Uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. That's the BRICS group and they are meeting. Um, They have a 15th summit and it's meeting in Africa. And, uh, well, we'll see what's going to happen because others are proposing to join them. They're setting up their own currency to challenge the dollar. They make up 40% of the world's population and have a combined GDP larger than that of the G7 countries. They are concerned about the way that the U.S. weaponizes the dollar through sanctions, the way it has against Russia. And they've called for de-dollarization, the introduction of a common BRICS currency. Well, we'll see where that goes, but that, that, that is actually major news. As is this, we've mentioned this before, but the fall in Chinese birth rates might be, according to one uh, magazine I was reading, the biggest story of the 21st century. Now, there's a superb al- analysis by Lian Qi for the Wall Street Journal. It's estimated that a woman, the number of children women on average be born to each woman over her lifetime. To keep a population stable, what's, this is called, it's called a TFR, there needs to be a TFR of just over two to keep that population stable. China's is now down to about one 
it means that it will half in size within a couple of decades. Now, in the UK, the TFR is 1.59, which itself is a 20-year low. We'll say more about that in a moment. But the demographer, Yi Fuqian, expects fewer than 8 million births this year compared to the 18 million recorded just seven years ago. And this is all extraordinary. And it will really affect China's economy and everyone else's economy. Now, in Britain, a woman called Professor Sarah Harper, founder and director of the Oxford Institute of Population, Aging, Population and Aging, yeah, uh, she says falling birth rates in the UK, in the West, are good for our planet. Well, I don't think they're good for the UK at all. And I actually think depopulation is going to become a major problem if it isn't already. Also from the UK, there's this extraordinary story. There was premeditation, calculation and cunning in your actions. You specifically targeted twins and latterly triplets. Some babies were healthy. Others had medical issues of which you were aware. The great majority of your victims suffered acute pain as a result of what you did to them. They all fought for survival. Some, sadly, struggled in vain and died. You used a number of different ways to try to kill them, thereby misleading clinicians into believing the collapses had, or might have had, a natural cause, or a consequence of a developing medical condition. You took opportunities to harm babies when staff were in breaks or away from babies. On some occasions, you falsified records to indicate there were signs of a deterioration before a collapse occurred. You knew that the last thing anyone working in the unit would or did think was that someone caring for the babies was deliberately harming them. The story of Lucy Letby is one that tells us a great deal about UK society, Western society in general. And it's there's been a lot of comment on it now. Just, this is a superb article in Spiked. And I have articles linked to all these stories. If you're new to this, you go to our website, www.theweflee.com, and you'll get these. But uh, this story, yeah, wow. The Countess of Chester Hospital. Now, she murdered, found guilty of murdering three babies and attempt murdering uh, a fourth. In fact, she's found guilty of seven murders in total and six attempted murders. Now, Brendan O'Neill has a fascinating insight. He says, Her calmness as she poisoned the feeblest individuals in society, frail babies on a neonatal ward. The insatiable urge she seemed to feel for the destruction of blameless life. But Brendan O'Neill and Spiked, this is where there's just so much hypocrisy. Because Spiked, with uh, Anne Furidi as one of its key contributors, continually, every week, puts out a pro-abortion advert. Now, do you see the problem here? Because Brendan is wrong. The feeblest individual societies are not frail babies on a neonatal ward. 
They are babies within a mother's womb in a society which allows them to be killed, sometimes even encourages that. Another interesting aspect of what O'Neill says, he talks about how the bureaucracy enabled it. Um, The decision was taken in January 2017, 18 months after she began her infanticide campaign, to instruct, the decision was made rather, to instruct the doctors who suspected her of killing babies to apologize to her. They were to say, Dear Lucy, we'd like to apologize for any inappropriate comments that may have been made during this difficult period. We are very sorry for your stress and upset. It was signed by seven medics and its composition was demanded by the then CEO of the hospital, Tony Chambers. Why were management so blind in all of that? Two consultant paediatricians suggest that at the hospital suggest that they refused to contact the police over the rise in baby deaths because executives were concerned that such a course of action would damage the hospital's reputation and turn the neonatal unit into a crime scene. Reputation. Well, just so desperately sad. Incidentally, one of the babies that was killed was born prematurely at 23 weeks. But there are plenty of people who think it should be okay to kill a baby at 23 weeks. And again, it reflects our society and how this is reported. So Joanne Harris said this, The Letby case should teach us this. Too many people think innocence looks white, middle class, traditional, vulnerable, tearful. People who present this way are either unquestionably believed and supported. Remember this when it happens again, because it happens all the time. In other words... This happened because of racism. Wow. Just wow. I tell you what, I'm going to take a break. I've been looking at uh, scriptural themes in songs, and I think there are scriptural themes in this one. This is Tom Petty. theme tune for me I won't back down Uh, just a couple of things with the woke world this week a children's book about pride featuring men in bondage gear was shown to four year olds in a preschool in Hull in England 
And when parents raised concerns, uh, a staff member, they were told um, that seeing partially naked men in leather bondage gear didn't really matter because the four-year-olds wouldn't understand it and uh, wouldn't understand the sexualized depiction. Yeah, but you're grooming them. Incredible. And here in Australia, a police station in Victoria has been raided following a sharp increase in male officers identifying as non-binary. Wonder why they were doing that? Could it be that they would receive $1,300 extra if they just say they are this identity? And why are the Victorian government bribing people in that way? All right, uh, (laughs) this ties in with woke as well, but... uh, There's a new version of Snow White, and here is Rachel Ziegler. Well, I mean, in 1937, the cartoon was so focused on her finding true love, and it's really not even in her mind at all in this film. Like, she's so focused on becoming the leader that her father tells her that she can be, and she's really trying to find the courage to stand up to the evil queen and how to find her own agency and rule a kingdom. And uh, she meets so many incredible people along the way, and maybe she finds love, maybe she finds friendship, but really what's important is that she finds her own voice. Wow. It's no wonder that's gone viral. Forget love. Women just have to be leaders. And, you know, this film is about letting young people see themselves. It's not 1937. Well, one, I won't be going to see it. And two, I love the 1937 version. But it's the, the idea that you can't have dwarfs because, well, that's not right. And um, Snow White has to be uh, a person of colour, although... The, Ziegler is has a Polish father and claims to be what is what do they what do they call it now Latinx. But the point of Snow White was her skin was white as snow. I mean, just it's just absolutely amazing. I mean, do the studio really think that if they'd cast a white person as Snow White, they would be helping white supremacy? Wow. Um, And then we've been going through the top 20 books, uh, according to experts, children's books. And this is number three. Let's see if you can work out who this is. What shall I do today? What shall we do today? What shall I do today? What shall I do? I can start a new adventure by jumping on my bed. I can pick up Mr. Nilsson, carry horse above my head. I can dance a shotish, spread magic everywhere. I can skate around the kitchen, flip pancakes in the air. We'll do handsprings in the classroom, we'll do anything I want. Villa Villa Kula's waiting for us. What shall I do today? What shall we do today? What shall I do today? What shall I do? What shall I do today? What shall we do today? What shall I do today? What shall I do? The wonderful Pippi Longstocking, and that this is our Swedish theme, I think. Uh, the spirited, non-conformist girl with a sharp wit and superhuman strength. Uh, the author Astrid Lindgren created her in 1945. Uh, it's known, her book is known acr- across the world. Um, yeah, I really like Pippi Longstocking, actually. And then this person uh, died, very sad, 
Now, first up, another star we were lucky enough to feature before the world claimed him. He's a man from the Glasgow shipyards who was merely windswept and interesting when we first met, but is now a global superstar. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Connolly! <laughs> Your sing tune, The Archers, eh? Don't go! <laughs> Please don't go, it's the only television I get. Uh, Nobody else wants me. No. Please. Is, is that true? Wherever you go in the world, you're rejected by talk Rejected shows. by, by everybody bet. except you. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's my job, for taking stray dogs, you know. This is what <laughs> now, listen, first of all, first things first, happy birthday. Thank you very, very much Sing indeed. Eh? That is uh, Michael Parkinson with Billy Connolly, a professional Yorkshireman. Uh, Parkinson was just a brilliant, brilliant interviewer. Sport, let's say something about this. Uh, first of all, congratulations to the Spanish women's football team for beating England in the final. And speaking of the English women's football team, listen to this. The only thing I would say about this picture here. What jumps out of you is that this doesn't sort of represent diverse Britain. Um, it's all these blonde, blue-eyed girls. And, you know, I, I wish them well. But I do think we need to ask ourselves questions about why is it that we've got... Um, it's so, it has but a lack of diversity. They're, they're playing sport at an elite level. Yeah. And they are from Britain. And they're, they're women. It doesn't make any difference. I think if the whole idea behind this is going to encourage more women to go and into the sport, you need some sort of representation yeah. there to say whatever background you come from, you could get to this yeah. sort of level. That's some expert. I don't know who he is. Some commentator complaining <laughs> that the English team was too white. Well, actually, I think they had three players who were people of colour other than white. And... That's actually a higher percentage, much higher percentage than the general population. But nonetheless, it's still not enough. And, we, and people buy into this. Look, if... if OK, the only thing I'll say about this, do they complain that the Nigerian team is too black or the South Korean team is too Asian? I don't think so. And then my favourite sport, chess, the world's chess federation, FIDA, has ruled that transgender women, i.e. men who think they're women, cannot compete in its official events for females. And people are up in arms about this, but the point of having women's events is that women compete. And the fact is that men who say that they are women are not women and shouldn't be in women's events couple of things about church before we go. Uh, Pakistan, 19 churches and more than 80 Christian homes last Wednesday were uh, attacked uh, in the city of Jaranwala because some of the people there were accused of blasphemy against Islam. Very, very sad and that is ongoing. And then if you get an opportunity, have a look at the memorial service for Tim Keller. Here's a wee clip from Kathy Keller. So there's just a few things I want to tell you. First, Tim is buried in St. Michael's Cemetery, the one you can see on your right 
when you're on the Grand Central Parkway on your way out to LaGuardia. But that place is huge, and you couldn't find the grave even if you tried. But please don't try, and here's why I don't want you to. You know those scenes in movies, like at the end of Saving Private Ryan, where someone has a heart-to-heart -heart talk standing at the headstone of the deceased person? Tim and I were always uncomfortable with those because the person isn't actually there. At Tim's burial, I said to my family, please don't come out here and stand over the grave and pour out your feelings. You will be talking to the grass. There isn't even a headstone yet. Tim is with Jesus, healed, loved, more alive and happier than he has ever been. He's not here. I love that. I absolutely love it. I love her clarity. You know, I go to my father's graveside. I don't talk to him because he's not there. But I go to pay respect, I guess. And, uh, well, I do go to pay respect. But I just love the Christian hope. I, I do have to say something about the Church of Sweden, which was the article that got me onto Sweden in the first place. Um, the Church of Sweden, or the Church in Sweden, the Church of Sweden, the National Church, stopped being the state church in 2000. Um, there is a still a state tax, yet still around 53% of all Swedish citizens, 5.5 million people, are members of the Church of Sweden. But the article I was sent was about something called the Pinkstjönköping, which is a Pentecostal church near Lake Vatern. And it's a wonderful article about a church of thousands growing and developing. And that's what we need to see in Sweden. It runs morning and evening prayer meetings, a youth group on Friday. It has a radio station. It has a ministry for women, a ministry to help support single mothers. It offers Swedish language courses for immigrants from Ukraine, Syria, and other places. It also helps run a theological seminary in six cities across Sweden. Great stuff. Uh, here is six, chapter 6, and this chapter is also now up on the website. It's uh, Black Lives Matter. Well, do Black Lives Matter? Was Jesus white? Uh, as I'm thinking about this, I'm reminded of this film. I am sick and tired of going to the funerals of black men who have been murdered by white men. They are powerless against us if every single Anglo-Saxon Christian one of us stands together. The rest of America don't see it that way, Mr. Mayor. The rest of America don't mean a damn thing. You in Mississippi now. That is Mississippi burning. An incredible film. Well, 
through in the answer to this, I use the Shorter Catechism to point out how all human beings are equally made in the image of God. But we also speak about the movement Black Lives Matter, which is uh, a communist movement, really. And uh, the article discusses and critiques that. Some good news before we go. Lyle Shelton, a politician here in Australia, uh, has had expressed his concern about a drag queen story time. He was taken to court and prosecuted while well, he's won his case, which has wonderful. And then also before I go, let me uh, refer you to this. These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. What they need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about. Because I do not understand. This house has a very good vibe. I watched that on the plane coming back from the UK and I thought it was absolutely wonderful. The Jesus Revolution. You know, going back to Oliver Anthony and his song, what America needs, what the rest of the world needs, is another Jesus Revolution. So God bless you. Uh, I will love you and leave you. And I'll leave you with a product of that Jesus revolution from the, the hippie movement, the hippies who turned to Jesus, Larry Norman, singing his wonderful song, uh, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. I hope and pray that we are ready for the return of Christ. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Peter for producing this. Thank you to those of you who help support this. You can do so through the Podbean fundraiser. Go to the website. Uh, uh, And you'll get lots and lots of different links for all of this. Please feel free to review on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. And please do let others know about it as well. God bless you and see you next week. Bye. Life was filled with guns and war And everyone got trampled on the floor I wish we'd all been ready Children grew cold a piece of bread could buy a bag of gold i wish we'd all been ready there's no time to change your mind the sun has come and you've been left behind a man and wife asleep in bed she Filled with God.
You've been left